politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots, scorned taxpayers, and forgotten, forgotten Minutemen. Paul Revere's. We need you. We need you all to fight for us. This is Daniel Horowitz, your host in on Friday for a really special show. And you know what? I am about done with everything this week, but I got one more bullet to fire in my gun. And it's going to be taking down this utter lie from a legal perspective, a scientific perspective, and a political perspective of this masquerade mask mandate which has become a new idolatry in this country that is extremely dangerous. I didn't mean to even have the timing coincide with Fauci. Everyone's talking about how he was caught sitting next to two people right next to them at the Washington Nationals baseball game, having his mask down. But there's a lot of profundity to that because this whole thing is indeed a farce. Now, first of all, if you guys didn't listen to yesterday's show, with Shannon Joy, you got to take a listen, episode 686. Um, It really was a change of pace, very uplifting. She gave us a step-by-step guide to organizing at a local level, organizing for liberty. And, you know, often we have better guests than others, just like I put together better shows some days than others. But this one was really stellar because she said a lot of profound things, but a lot of very specific guidance from observations she's learned from what works and what doesn't at a local level. And again, when you watch what is going on with this White House, what is going on with the Republican Party in general, you cannot simply just wait to win an an election for Republicans. If you want to vote for them, vote for them. But just know this will not stop on its own unless we stop it. Now, in order to stop it, we need to be armed with the facts. We need to be armed with information. And we need to understand where this is coming from and where this is headed. I want to start just with giving the broad philosophical legal analysis here. One of the things I really resent, and I think it is extremely destructive that all of us should be able to see right off the bat, is the mentality of those that are going around acting like animals with the masks. Before we talk about the efficacy of it, the fact that there has never been a controlled, randomized clinical trial showing they work, while there are 10 that show they do not work. you know. But a lot of people are confused. Science, microbiology, what, what is, what isn't. Frankly, you know, the so-called experts don't know themselves. Why do they flip? Why do they turn around? At the time that they turned around, what was the reason? But right off the bat, we need to be sensitive to the severity of this, not just for the individual, but also for the relationship between the citizen and government. A lot of times there are extremely tyrannical things that a government could theoretically do to you, how they could foster a culture of snitching and you know each person looking over the other one's shoulder on an issue that for you might not bother you, you, you know, you might be able to put up with it, but you should at least be bothered by where it's coming from, where it's headed, and the process through which it's being implemented. There's a lot of things that we might want to be done that affect other people's lives. But we understand that we live in a free country, and you can't just say, 
You must do what I want. It is a very personal thing to demand that someone wear a face covering in perpetuity, indefinitely, almost everywhere. Not kind of a limited place if you're preparing food or everywhere in the summer heat. Now they're applying it to children as young as two where I live. You can't just dismiss, oh, oh, you know, that's not a big deal. You have to recognize the severity of that, the potential health concerns, the discomfort, the privacy issues. An infringement upon the fundamental constitutional rights. Blackstone defined personal liberty. And and it's this definition where the Maryland Declaration of Rights, a lot of the original colonies had their declarations of rights, the Declaration of Independence was formed, is the power of locomotion, of changing situation or removing one's person to whatsoever place one's own inclination, inclination may direct without imprisonment or restraint unless by due course of law. And the notion is a fundamental right, as we talk about so often, is not a positive action. Like, I have a right to smoke in public. I have a right to do something. It's the right to look. I have the right to simply breathe, live my life, own my property, basically walk. I don't have any particular right to enter any particular venue, but in general, I have the right to walk around and not, you know, with, with bodily integrity. That, that I have the right to breathe free air without my face being covered. If that is not an individual right, I don't know what is. And especially whether you agree with it or not, given our body of case law on the right to privacy, that that extends to all sorts of criminal rights and obviously abortions and things like that. Right. That is a very severe thing to ask from people. Okay, that, that is a very That is a very intimate thing. That is a very severe and sweeping thing. That is a fundamental change in relationship between the citizen and government. That is a very powerful tool to say, I think you're going to affect others. So not that I'm going to stop you. I'm going to put a negative on a positive action, like smoking, let's say, in a certain area. But I'm going to say, I'm going to put a positive on your negative. You must proactively cover your face to be anywhere in public. Okay, and before we agree, disagree, the efficacy, the science, just at least understand from a philosophical, legal, liberty standpoint and the relationship between a citizen and government, that is a very severe thing to do. And even if personally it doesn't bother you, you're not bothered by that particular thing, the fact that government could achieve such a degree of compliance without lawsuits, without any pushback, that should scare all of you. You know, my father has some friends from China, believe it or not. He does, has done business with, his company has done business with. So, you know, he emails with them. And what's interesting, they they were telling him that in Hubei province, they made people locked in their homes and you couldn't step outside without a permission slip from government. I am here to tell you that if you think that could not happen here, with the degree and swiftness and severity of what they are doing already and how quickly they are implementing it, and the lack of benchmarks of efficacy, of scientific thresholds, of of studies, of duration, time limits, of process. That, you know, it would be bad enough if a legislature did this, but they're doing it without hearings, hearing both sides of the story, hearing different evidence. 
I'm going to present it to you. But but most people aren't hearing it without Democratic votes where you could have input. Maybe a couple places you have had that, but for most places are like where I live. The county executive is like, hey, I'm holding a press conference tomorrow. Here's what you're doing. Two-year-olds, put a, put a face mask on. Even though, even though there is no evidence that children even transmit at that age. And in fact, there's endless studies that they do not. Even if a mask would work, there's no evidence masks work. Certainly cloth masks that, that a lot of people are wearing that government is totally fine with. And the notion that a two-year-old with a runny nose every second is not going to contaminate that with a bunch of bacteria and touch it all the time and actually spread germs more and certainly harm himself. I mean, these are not conspiracy things. These are basic, basic logical arguments that everyone until March would have understood before we went insane and and just frantic superstition and panic and groupthink and fear. These, These are just basic things we would have had. So at a baseline, we should agree that even if you believe that a government could do this to you, which is which is extremely, extremely novel in America, but that at least you would have public input, a debate, hearings, a legislative vote. Again, we're not talking about like, okay, there's mustard gas in the air. I think you got to wear it like it's an emergency. This is four months into the crisis and we're still working on executive orders. So right off the bat, the process, all of this should jolt you because it's it's happening on everything. Things that transparently, including mass, the government officials themselves went from one end to another, were hypocritical on when they implement it, when they don't. It's arbitrary. It's capricious. They change their mind with the political whims and the media. And we don't see any benchmarks of efficacy. We're going to talk about that much less clinical, randomized clinical trials. This should shake us to our core. You know, there's one thing you say, all right, you know, you're a certain restaurant worker, you're working around food, so we want to make sure you don't spit into food, which, you know, there clearly there is some efficacy. We're going to talk about viruses are mainly spread, and we see from here through the microbiology, but through, you know, the things that you can see, yeah, I mean, that's, everyone agrees, that's why, Surgeons did it was to stop sprays, things you could see, not things that are one one hundred thousandth of a centimeter. You know, less than 0.1 microns. But what is so scary, so, so scary, you look at, where is this? You look in Miami-Dade County. A grocery store shopper wore a mask inside the store. She was still cited $100 for taking her mask off in the parking lot as she walked to the car. I mean, folks, there is one thing that is nearly scientific law at this point. That there is no outdoor transmission, at least not in, you know, certainly when you're just walking independently. You know, if you crowd in like with the rioters, when you see those pictures, you know, a thousand people right up to each other. I can't guarantee you there's no transmission. Of course, then the media says there is none. But certainly the way most people are organically, you're not going to spread it. Certainly in the heat and humidity, because again, the key component to know, we had on Dr. Uh, Daniel Gorotovsky, the French researcher who wrote a paper 
early on, and it's proven to be right. It answers so many observations about the virus. It's not the droplets. The droplets fall. They're heavy. They don't say suspended in the air. It's the aerosols of the, the virons, the microbiology. That's the only way something could spread this far and wide. No matter what you do, we're going to talk about this. No matter what you do, it seems to spread. And that stuff, everyone always agreed, it can never stop. And indeed, it doesn't. Now, outdoors, especially in the humidity, it, it, it can't, even, even something that small can't stay suspended. It will fall. But indoors with poor ventilation, that's where you're going to see it. And this is the dirty little secret. I actually respect those who say, I will never go indoors. That is actually more scientific. Because it, it will spread. Indoors, it will spread. The mask is not going to help. Now, obviously, our view is unless you're someone in that, you know, high-risk stratified health and age status, it's, it's just ridiculous. It's not the basic precaution that God wants us to take. You know, the assumption of risk that we take every day to drive a car. Um, but, but if that is your cup of tea... The ma- it is completely illogical to say, but I'll wear a mask and then I'm okay. Completely illogical. But anyway, you see that they cited her outdoors. A man waiting in a barbershop while wearing a mask took it down temporarily to take a drink of water. He was given a $100 fine. Folks, you know, it started out, okay, a limited scope, but this severely... As they're not patrolling beatings and I mean the, the the videos out on the on the on on the web now and all sorts of cities of white people randomly being attacked by black mobs. Of course, the media won't talk about that. I mean, no, there's no deterrent against crime, but this somehow the police are somehow they they're they're able to be on the ball. Children outdoors now. It is flat earth beyond belief. We got to draw a line in the sand. And again, if you project the processes through which they've been allowed to do this, the lack of evidentiary standards, the lack of due process for us, the lack of benchmarks of, okay, let's see if it works. Let's do a study. Okay, for 15 days, let's try this. No, indefinitely. Shut up. Don't say anything. You better wear it. Are we really okay with that? You got to be very careful with this. Fundamentally, what I'm saying, at least now, is not really about masks. It's about whether we are going to live in the United States of America or in China. That's the real story here. And again, just understand, when you start saying you and your own body have to take a positive action against basic natural law to breathe free air. Not just you say, look, if you're in a certain spot that's really confined or certain, okay, so if you don't want to do it, you could avoid that. But stuff that you can't avoid to live. Could you really do that to someone? Again, before we talk about the efficacy, let's let's say there is science. There's science behind a lot of things that constitutionally you're not allowed to force on people. The freedom is worth it. We can't live in North Korea. So before we get to the fake science and the real data on this, let's understand the severity of that. You cannot start that precedent. Some very dark regimes rooted their policies in that. You are harming others. 
So therefore, you must demise. You must put a plastic bag on your head. You're not allowed to step outside your house. Frankly, you're not allowed to live. That is a very scary, slippery slope that we are rapidly sliding down. It's not conjecture. It's not speculation. We see, we, we see this Overton window shifting day by day, week by week. But then you go, you go into what, what we're actually seeing. Now, before we get into the metadata type of studies, let's just get into the macro. One of the things that's happening with masks is the same thing, a parallel phenomenon that's happening with the lockdowns, where they're using our correct assertions and theories against us. See, like I said, if we were wrong and they were right, if there is that degree of efficacy to lockdowns, if there is that degree of efficacy to masks, you would already... So we'd suffer the tyranny for two months or so, and then it would be over with. I I wish it were true. It's not because you can't run from God's respiratory viruses until he introduces in the world a cure. But the notion that you could block the transmission is absurd. Nobody, no virologist, no epidemiologist ever thought of this until the media made this in, in, in March. Nobody. It was voodoo. That's why it was, it was just like you could temporarily slow down the rate of hospitalization, but everyone's going to wind up getting it. You're going to have to achieve herd immunity. Everyone, uh, everyone understood that. So what's happening now is they come to you and they like make an even stricter mask mandate or they just reiterate what's been happening by ignoring that they already did it and it didn't work. We've the New York Times go go to my Twitter at arm conservative. You could scroll down. You could see I tweeted this out if you haven't seen it. The New York Times made a heat map of compliance of, of the percentage of people wearing a mask. And you look at the areas that are deep purple. It's like very dark, 90 to 100%. It's almost all the areas with the spread. The border parts of Texas, Houston, um, California, Miami-Dade County, and Broward and Palm Beach. The entire Northeast and Mid-Atlantic, Chicago. All the places with the spread. I mean, the Northeast, not so much now. They all have had complete compliance. So you can't say, oh, well, not everyone was doing it. But I'll do you one better. Asia. That's what everyone said. This stupid thing. Oh, I'll tell you why it worked there, because they had masks. And as we noted, our theory was no. It's something much more enduring. They have a stronger degree of T-cell, memory cell, cross-immunity from other coronaviruses that they get more often than even we do. And that's why, not that they don't get it, because they're not like antibodies, but what they do is they ameliorate the symptoms. So very few people get symptoms because it ameliorates it. So the only people who would likely die, it's not like even like 50, 70, 80%, 100% of people, just they have to have cross immunity from other coronaviruses. They have to have gotten it many times in Asia. Possibly India as well, we're seeing that. 
Well, I know. Look, uh, sorry about that. I mean, I know India is in Asia, but you know what I mean? When Americans think of Asia, we think of Far East Asia. But anyway, you know, the people that died presumably were just, you know, immunocompromised. So their immunity was shot. So, you know, it just wasn't working properly. What's the proof to this? In the last few weeks, cases are surging in Japan. They're surging in Hong Kong. They're surging in the Philippines. We have data on this. They have machine-like compliance. I'm not making fun out of Japanese here, but I think we all know these people are like machines. I mean, their compliance, their obedience. You will never achieve that degree in the West, although we slowly are, actually, with the mind-numb compliance and the herd mentality instead of herd immunity. But in Asia... Boy, oh boy, are they wearing it. If you are going to have efficacy of mass, it's there. They're getting it. Now, again, they have the cross immunity. Very few people are dying. But they, but the cases are happening. The point is, it doesn't stop the transmission. It doesn't stop it. We forget this. That's the best study you could have. Because studies are stupid. Um, Yogi Berra... Probably the most brilliant, one of the most brilliant people around. People like that know a lot more than an epidemiologist because he had common sense in spades. I got this from Dr. Bastom. Yogi Berra's famous lines, one of his famous lines, quote, in theory, there's no difference between theory and practice, but in practice, there is. So there's no greater practice and study simulating what you want to do. You have to wear a mask to stop the spread. If you wear a mask, it's going to stop the spread. And I understand, you know, you could say it's going to stop a lot of it. You know, I'm not going to hold it to 100% rate. But this has exploded, not in terms of deaths. The, 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 The fatality rate keeps going down, but the cases are everywhere. Since the mask mandates, they don't help. Every darn person in Asia wears it. They'll wear it like a machine and they'll probably wear it more correctly. And in a more sanitary way than, than we're just stuffing it in our pocket, reusing it a million times. It doesn't work. It's funny how God has his way of, of getting around. <laughs> Let me give you another example. Fort Benning. Fort Benning. Okay. There were, this is from Connecting Vets. Radio site. The U.S. Army tested a cohort. This was a while ago. This was in June, early June, really in May. It was the articles from June 1st. According to, oh, whoops. The U.S. Army tested a cohort of 640 new recruits and instructors for COVID-19 upon arrival at Fort Benning. Okay, they came there. They all got tested. 640 of them. Four tested positive. Okay, what did they do? So the 640 new recruits arrived. They were medically screened. They were tested. They, they treated and took away the four positives. All 640 recruits entered a 14-day monitoring period with the four COVID-positive recruits isolated and properly treated. So this, you know, this wasn't even done as a clinical study, but in many ways, it's even better. It's real life simulation. After the 14-day monitoring period, training operations began, 
With COVID-19 prevention measures in place, including masks and social distancing. Masks and social distancing. Now, I want you to understand the context here. You will never get a greater simulation than like a Japanese like, you know, rigidity of compliance than a drill sergeant. You know, if this becomes one of the rules, if you're not wearing a mask, that drill sergeant will will beat you up. Okay? So you're going to you're going to you're going to be complying. Okay, you will never get a better if masks have a degree of efficacy, you will never get a better result because of compliance in the general population than you'll get in a military setting in in training in particular at a base. Okay? All 640 recruits 30th AG Battalion and 2nd Battalion, 29th Infantry Regiment, were retested for COVID-19. After all 640 tests were returned over a two-day period, that same cohort of recruits had a 22% COVID positive rate with 142 positive tests. What do we see, folks? There's a number of important points to glean from there. They did everything they can. They knew coming in. They tested them. They were negative. They isolated them. Quarantined them for 14 days. Did nothing. Then did training with all of the, you know, superstitious craziness and the masks. Presumably outdoors. Doesn't really say. And guess what? 22% got it. Because at the end of the day, they were indoors together. And if you're indoors, the mask doesn't work. If you're outdoors, you don't need, it doesn't transmit with or without it. In other words, masks do not make a difference. And it wasn't like you could say, and, and, and the percentage is very important. Because what have we been talking about? From the ships and the prisons and the meatpacking plants. It seems when, when, you're, when you're all together in a military barracks is a similar thing. You're like confined together. So it's a good study of a defined and confined universe. If everyone is exposed, how many get it? It winds up being around that 20% marker. Because again, the theory is that about 80% in, on average, in some places it could be much less, have this T-cell cross immunity from other coronaviruses. Very interesting theory, by the way. It's extremely contagious, but then it only goes up to that point because the other people have that cross immunity. This is, a, this is actually another good, good example of it. So they got the full shebang. See, if it was 1%, you'd be like, hey, you know, a couple people got it, but maybe a lot of people were prevented from getting it. But no, it has the same ratio as people that were on the Diamond Princess in February that didn't know of the existence of the virus, and they were kissing each other and hugging each other and all over each other on that ship together and doing whatever. They, they wouldn't, you know, there was no precaution. They didn't know about it. That was exactly the, the infection rate was about 22%. Very fascinating. It's an observation I think only I've had from this Fort Benning case. It doesn't work. And again, there's endless examples of this hospitals there's an endless spread among hospital workers even now more so now than even in march 
Again, thankfully, they're not getting very sick. But they're getting it. They are getting it. They are getting it. And they're wearing shields and two layers and this and that. You could say maybe in March there wasn't enough PPE. Now there certainly is. They got it. Not working. It's amazing. The way God does this. Now, does God hate us? No, because mixed in that is his grace and and mercy. The majority of the Fort Benning people were asymptomatic. And not a single one was hospitalized. Because they're younger. Now again, among older people, a group of 142 that test positive, you will have more hospitalized. And, you know, on average, you might have, you know, maybe one fatality per that group. But even among them, a good chunk are going to be asymptomatic. And and this is, Fort Benning is a microcosm of what we've seen. We've seen this on the ships. We've seen it. I've written about this with the meatpacking plants. Even in, under the worst viral load indoor transmissions, you will get it. It will spread wide. It will stop at a certain point where people have some degree of existing immunity, meaning some won't get it. Some will, it will ward off the symptoms, but they'll be asymptomatic. And very few people will get very sick and die. And they're almost always with certain known conditions. And that is the pattern we are seeing over and over again. But you cannot stop it. And the mask doesn't work. Before I get to the metadata studies that actually demonstrate exactly what we're seeing in the military barracks with masks, what we're seeing the spread in Asia and in America everywhere everywhere where everyone is wearing them indoors. And, and even in hospital settings where theoretically everyone thought in a clinical setting masks have more efficacy, but as you're going to see, they don't really. Now, there is still a reason for like splashes, you know, you're, you're you know, performing certain procedures and surgeries, you have blood oozing out and whatever you don't want. I mean, and, and you don't want to spit on them, but it doesn't stop microbiology. That is just obvious to any sane person. Doesn't stop it. And clearly, clearly, this is, an, this is proof that the main vector of spread is through microbiology airborne, not through spit that you could see. You don't spit into someone's mouth. It falls on the ground. Oh, maybe I touched a hand and I put it in my mouth. You look at CDC and even even CDC and all of them are agreeing that that the fomites and the human touching, it certainly is not, it wouldn't account for the wild spread. It could be a small percentage, but it's, it's the suspended stuff in the air, indoors. What is the proof? Let me give you a simple argument that nobody is explaining. Maybe you've seen this argument given elsewhere. But the biggest proof are the mask wearers themselves. What are they telling us? They're saying, you can't mind your own business. You can't live simply by not taking an action and breathing free air where where you go because you're going to harm me. Well, who's me? Aren't you wearing a mask? A mask is godly. A mask blocks it. A mask is such a big factor. You're wearing your mask. What, you're worried about the people not wearing a mask? Well, screw them. They deserve to die, according to you. 
You don't, I mean, they don't care about, I mean, obviously, you know, they're, they're, they're willingly taking that on, but you're saying, and on the face, it sounds like a legitimate look, you know, you want to be reckless. I don't, I don't want to be reckless. So certainly you're going to be, I mean, you're a Karen. You're one of those Karens. You're going to be wearing five layers of this, right? I mean, you're going to be wearing it. What are you worried about? Oh, whoops. Masks don't work. You would have to posit a theory that somehow a mask works beautifully to block the transmitter inside out, but not shield the receiver outside in. And I cannot think of a rational argument because to me, if anything, it's the other way around. Basic physics. See, I am, again, we, we established that what are you worried about? Okay, what are you worried about? It's that there will be molecules floating in the air that are stagnant that come upon you, okay? And you're saying those molecules will only get out if you're not wearing a mask. But if you're wearing a mask, they won't get out. Okay, so I'm wearing a mask. I have COVID. And um you know and, and let's just say I'm I'm not really symptomatic so I'm not particularly coughing and sneezing. Let, let, let's just say you're just basic person. I'm speaking animatedly. I'm speaking passionate. I'm talking on it. The mask is right on my face, right right at my mouth and nose. I'm blowing on it. My vocal cords are 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 talking on it every second, every minute of the day. Passionately I cough on it a little bit. I spit on it, as every, every human would be, would be. I'm assaulting those fibers every second, as well as the obvious open spaces around it that are just obvious. Unless you're a real small minority of people that have a fitted, fit form N95. And that, that's a whole nother fraud here. I mean, even logically, and the question is, do those work? We'll talk about that, but... That should be your starting point if you believe in this. Cloth masks, all the literature agrees that's garbage. So the whole thing is a joke. Okay? But anyway, you're telling me that that bang, 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 I hit it. You know, thousands of, of um, per, you know, assaults on the fiber per minute with velocity of my windpipes. Boom, boom, my nostrils. Boom, boom. And you're telling me it blocks it, right? So you mean to tell me, so if I, let's say I don't wear it and it gets out, it's floating stagnantly indoors with poor ventilation. Stagnantly, there's no, it's sitting in the air and I walk and I come upon it. That, and you're wearing a mask, right? Because you, you, you're a good person and you care. You want me to wear one. You're telling me that that's going to penetrate from outside in, your mask, stagnant, it's going to block the assault from my windpipe that has the physics velocity behind it, but it won't block the stagnant floating molecules. That in itself is a self-indictment. See, there's things you say like, for example, don't smoke because it's going to affect me. Right? Don't take a positive action. It's not symmetrical because I'm not taking a positive action, right? You're saying you're not allowed to just live in locomotion. 
you must put on a mask to block it. But this is a unique situation because you're putting it on too. But anyway, why is it that the CDC, the World Health Organization, Fauci, and Surgeon General Jerome Adams, as late as March, they didn't just say, oh, it, you know, I don't think you really need to. They said it doesn't work. They said you're going to cross-contaminate yourself. It's silly outside of the healthcare setting. These are enduring convictions and observations. You listen to that March 8th um, clip from Fauci. You listen to that clip from him, and, and you hear that's a lifelong conviction. That's how you get the truth before it became political. What did the scientists think? Okay? So anyway, why did they all say this? They were so emphatic. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And here's the reason. Because there has never been a randomized controlled trial with clinical outcomes, meaning you have real people that you try to infect or don't infect wearing a mask and not wearing a mask control group. Not some stupid like anecdotal thing like, oh, well, these people were wearing masks and they didn't get infected without any control group. Like they have this like salon, they say that they were cutting hair and they wore masks and they, they didn't get it. Well, they couldn't, they maybe didn't get it because it doesn't always transmit. They didn't get it because they had the T cell cross immunity. I mean, that, that's just bull. We never, we never talk like that. That's not science. Or this like, you know, the particle blowing in a, in a lab, like they'll blow particles through it in some sort of simulation. Oh, there's a, you know. And, and by the way, even when they've done that, cloth masks have shown that it, it, it's 90, 97% get through, by the way, even with that study that they're all citing. And even, you know, surgical mask was, was at least like half or something. It was only N95s that you saw um, efficacy. But is, does that play out? Even that. So that in itself is actually more of a self-indictment. They cite it. I don't know why. It's actually more of a proof to our position. But that is not a clinical study. Every time it's been done, there's pooled metadata analysis of 10 controlled trials assessing extended real-world, non-healthcare setting, mask usage. Revealed that it doesn't work. The findings from this report were published May, May 2020 by CDC's own house journal, Emerging Infectious Diseases. Okay? One study evaluated mask usage by Hodge Pilgrims to Mecca. Two university setting studies assessed the efficacy of face masks of, for prevention of confined influenza among students and campus residents over five months of surveillance. Seven household studies examined the impact of masking infected persons, um, household contacts of infected persons, and or, you know, or both groups. None of these studies, individually or their aggregated pooled analysis, which enhanced the overall statistical power to detect smaller effects, demonstrated a significant benefit of masking for the reduction of confirmed influence infections. And then the authors of that CDC report Further caution that, in fact, universal masking could increase the risk of transmission because of the cross-contamination. You keep reusing it. If you do have it on there, it's going to stay on there. For yourself, for others. What's amazing is that doctors, to me, the best, um, the best just capture of what's going on in America 
was made by a commentary published in JAMA Health Network by a group of uh, immunologists, um, a microbiologist at uh, Children's Hospital in Sydney, Australia. And they concluded, quote, there is no good evidence that face masks protect the public against infection with respiratory viruses, including COVID-19. They explain how the way most people use the mask, it could actually be counterproductive. Quote, one danger of doing this is the illusion of protection. Surgical face masks are designed to be discarded after single use. As they become moist, they become porous and no longer protect. Indeed, experiments have shown that surgical and cotton masks do not trap the SARS-CoV-2 virus, which can be detected on the outer surface of masks for up to seven days. Thus, a pre-symptomatic or mildly infected person wearing a face mask for hours without changing it and without washing hands every time they touch the mask would paradoxically increase the risk of infecting others. Look, I'm not saying we could prove correlation is causation and the mask wearing downright contributed to the surge, but it is kind of interesting that it took off after all the mask wearing. But it certainly disproves the efficacy of it. And they actually conclude the desperate, quote, desperate situation in the US as basically the impetus for CDC's reversal. It's just they're so desperate. There's got to be something we can do. Because we don't believe in God. There's got to be something we can do. That's where it's coming from. Based on quote scant evidence. Quote in contrast the World Health Organization. Currently recommends against publicly. Public routinely wearing face masks. Even N95s. Which by the way cause headaches. I mean everyone agrees to that. If you're going to wear them that long. A 2019 study of nearly 3,000 randomized participants by Randonovich et al. 2019 published in JAMA found that, quote, among outpatient healthcare personnel, N95 respirators versus medical masks as worn by participants in this trial resulted in no significant difference in the incidence of laboratory confirmed influenza. And this is why. In May, CDC cited these 10 randomized controlled trials, the only ones. There's no studies on the other side that are randomized controlled trials with clinical outcomes. It's 10 to nothing. They said they showed, quote, no significant reduction in influenza transmission with the use of face masks. And it's simple because the virons that are emitted from the aerosols in the mask, much less a, a cloth bandana, that so many wear, is like locking up a bee in a jail cell. As CDC notes, the masks were not designed to protect against the microbiology particles of 0.1 micron in size, one one hundred thousandth of a centimeter. It's only visible contamination. They talk about sprays, like during surgery, things like that. Even bacteria, I don't have time to get into it, but maybe we'll talk about it another day. There's a great study out that, and this was before things became political. It's from a few years ago. You know, everyone assumes like surgery, of course, of course, healthcare workers. And I understand why, but someone actually studied it. And so there's three levels. There's sprays, then there's microbiology bacteria, but bacteria is much bigger than viruses. Then there's viruses, which are much smaller. You would think bacteria would work, but no. They found more infections in people that wore masks. When the surgeons wore masks, they actually, and it was a very solid study, there there were more infectious outcomes among the patients. Why it would be more, I don't know. But it, it, but at least it certainly showed it didn't help. It's very interesting. 
Again, I have no dog in the fight to, to say not to wear masks during surgery, but it's just it's just interesting. You know, we, we make assumptions, but when you actually follow the scientific method, sometimes you'd be surprised what you find out. But the notion that you would have laymen in perpetuity wearing masks on end, the same ones cross-contaminating them in the heat and humidity and against a, a, a respiratory virus. And it, and these are from the flu, but if anything, the flu, as everyone says, is more of a wet cough. It's more wet, more liquefied aerosols. This is much more of dry matter. There, there is no logical um, argument to be made that it would have more efficacy against COVID rather than less. And again, the proof is in the pudding. This is why we're seeing it. No one really studied it. There haven't been a boatload of studies, but there have been 10, and it's 10 to 0. And we're actually seeing it. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it works against COVID. Maybe COVID's different. The proof's in the pudding. We're seeing it doesn't. And again, I mean, there's, there's study after study after study after study. And this is why. All the European countries that are being logical, Denmark, the Danish health authority does not encourage health, healthy individuals who go about their daily business to wear a mouth or a face mask as it is uncertain that they have any effect on virus transmission. Furthermore, mouth or face mask can cause more harm than good. For one thing, you have to know how to use a mask correctly and how to dispose of it responsibly. Incorrect use of a mouth or face mask can increase the risk of your hands being contaminated until the virus um uh with the virus um you have norway based on the current epidemiological situation the norwegian institute of public health considers that there's no scientific basis for recommending the general use of face masks in the population um the advice are in accordance with recommendations from the european center of disease control and the world health organization um there is finland the government will not issue a general recommendation on the use of face masks. There is no evidence that the extensive use of masks by healthy people will help reduce infections. You got Sweden, which certainly didn't have that. Face masks are not needed in everyday life. The best way to protect oneself and others is to keep a distance from other people and to maintain good hand hygiene. And that's, that's the bottom line. That is the bottom line. Okay. Nobody ever would have thought something this ridiculous would work. Nobody ever, ever would have thought that. There's a lot more. We're out of time, and I meant to get to so many more issues. But whatever happened to my body, my right? Why is that only for criminals and people who murder babies? All I'm saying is that from the preponderance of evidence, clinically studies from the experience that we've seen with these very mask mandates in real life. The notion that we are going to mandate it this severely, this arbitrarily, for this number of people, sick or healthy, children or not, in this many settings, without any due process, without any hearings, without any benchmarks, okay, let's see this timing, without any time-limited you know, maybe 15 days. If we are willing to do this, then there is no threshold 
of evidentiary standards of due process through which the government can mandate on us anything and say, it's for the health of others. Open your eyes, open your hearts, open your minds. Fight back. Use this at a local level. Get in the face of your county executive and your county officials and your governor and your state legislators and your congressmen. This is not right. It is not right. There's a lot of evidence that's counterintuitive. What about the oxygen loss? What about our immune systems? What's that going to do to blocking other bacteria while giving us other bacteria? Isn't it funny how when we create a man-made plague to avoid a God-made plague, we come out with worse outcomes? We play around with our immune systems. Again, sick people that don't have an immune system, they're, they're an exception. you got to shield and stratify. But for people that have an immune system, respiratory viruses do what they're supposed to do. There's a great study I'm going to talk about next week out with cross-immunity from other coronaviruses, and they show definitively that children have that. And they actually posit that by not allowing their cross immunity to work, by closing the schools, we forestalled herd immunity. We could have gotten done quicker among kids. And more vulnerable people will die because we went like a bunch of nutcases and didn't work this out more naturally. How dare you say we are the ones killing people? You SOBs are the ones killing people and destroying our liberties and fundamentally altering that great document, the Declaration of Independence, that's the underpinnings of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness in this country. We have a lot more on this next week, same time, same place. Stay armed, stay knowledgeable, and therefore, stay empowered.